Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Log Talk Radio. Global Radio. I'm so excited because joining us today is the wonderful art, American R&B singer, writer, record producer, dancer, actor, um, and philanthropist, Neil. Neil, are you here? I am here. I'm here. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing great. I can hear something in the background. Yeah, I'm, I'm at rehearsal right now. Let me find a, a little quieter spot to talk to you in a two seconds. Yeah, this should do. Hello? That works. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. I'm I'm a little tired. You know, we we uh we going hard in here, but it's but it's worth it, you know. That's, that's when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. That's that's absolutely right. You know, there's something else that you do that a lot of the audience is unaware of and I'm so glad that you're taking the time to shine a light on that. And that's your generosity as a philanthropist and your outreach and the sincere outpouring from your heart to reach out to youth who are in foster, the foster care system, and in group homes. So I'd like to spend the next uh, few moments here talking about your your concern in this area, what you're doing, how others can help, and where you're going with it. Does that sound like a plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. Uh, what made you concerned about the plight and well-being of so many youth, thousands and thousands of youth, who are in the foster care system? Well, uh, first and foremost, when I uh, when I received the blessing of 
being able to be in the music industry, um, it the, the blessing came in abundance. You know, it was more than I could have ever asked for in regard to to just the dreams and aspirations that I had of of getting into the business. You know, from a financial standpoint and all down the line. So, you know, I've always been taught that you know when you are given a blessing, you're supposed to then in part be a blessing to another person. So I, I knew I wanted to give back in some way, shape, form, or fashion, but I just I didn't exactly know what cause. Uh, you know, I should I should I should give to. So a lot of the people that work, a lot of the people that work with me, uh, you know, came up in that in that system. Okay, all right, uh, all right, all right. So a lot a lot of people that come that uh, that work with me came up and came up in the you know just child welfare system, be it group homes, be it foster homes, whatever the case may be. So uh, my manager and business partner Tango Vanell, hey was the one that brought it to my attention. Uh, what it is, we went to a couple group homes. Uh, we went to one in uh, Los Angeles and one in one in Los Angeles and one in, uh, I believe it was Brownsville, Brownsville, Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, what, we saw, what we saw at these group homes was um, a place where, okay, kids were safe. You know, they were, they were secure. Uh, as far as, the, you know, they had, they had somewhere to sleep. They had food. You know, they had somebody there telling them that they should go to school, you know, uh not necessarily making them or whatever the case may be. But what I mean it, it was it was it was a controlled environment which was cool, but at the same time there there was nothing in the in the realm of motivational, you know, in the realm of inspirational, nothing like that going on whatsoever. You know, it just seemed like, you know, okay, here's a bed, here's a roof over your head, you know, so you can't say we never gave you nothing. Like that's that's kind of what it felt like to me. And I and I didn't feel like that was right. You know, uh, it's one thing to to house and clothe a child. It's another thing to inspire that child to become something great, something beyond that child's circumstances. You know, so that's where we decided that we would form the Compound Foundation and do just that. How old is your foundation? We are not very old at all. Uh, I've been in the music industry about seven, maybe eight years now, and I founded the I founded the Compound Foundation about uh, about two years in, so we're roughly. You know, that old. You know, pick um, starting a foundation and picking a, an area to address, such as the foster, children in foster care, that's not something that you just show up for the photo op on. That's something that really requires you being actively engaged and, you know, having staff to help support your mission. Um, and, and I had an opportunity to witness the level of engagement and the depth of your passion around this and the sincerity of it. This past week in Atlanta at Clark University when you hosted the Future CEO Academy, can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Future CEO Academy is one of, the, one of the many things that we do at the Compact Foundation. What it is, we take a group of, uh, uh, I, don't wanna, I don't like to call them underprivileged children, but, yeah. uh, you know, foster kids, group home kids, and we put them in this program where for a good five days, we used to do it for three days, now we do it for five. Uh, five days, they are basically being bombarded with information from people that know what, what it is that they're doing, you know, be it business owners, you know, from, from learning how to uh, properly balance a checkbook to learning how to, you know, how, basically how to start your own business. So at the end of the program, the last couple days of the program, uh, we do we do a small competition where we give the kids uh, the opportunity to do an elevator pitch. And of course, you know what an ele- elevator pitch is. They they have to come up with their own company, come up with a business that they feel could work. Uh, their their uh, their budget is ten thousand dollars. 
you know, that $10,000 such a business. And they have to they have 60 seconds to pitch their business to a panel of judges. I'm 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 normally one of the judges in, included. And uh the winner of the the winner of the contest gets ten, a $10,000 grant to in part actually start their company. You know, so it's so it's basically us trying to build entrepreneurs from the ground up, you know. And again, uh, showing these kids that where you come from and the way that you came up has nothing to do with where you go and, and who you become, you know. You made reference earlier that a lot of the, the the people that work with you in the music industry are former, um, you know, former residents of group homes and former, you know, they've been in, you know, they've come out of the foster care system. Um, what, why do you, what do you attribute that to? You know them being in the industry that you're in now, and that being a part of their background. Um, what what do I attribute uh, where they come from? What do I attribute that to? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, you mentioned earlier that a number of your your coworkers and people that you you work with in the music industry also have experience of having been one of those foster children. Um, and I, I guess what I'm really trying to get at is your the, the recording studios that you put in the group home and being able to use that as a way to show kids that they can go into any business but into the recording industry as well, no matter where they are, and you actually use your foundation and your resources to encourage them in the area related to music. Absolutely. When I was when I was coming up trying to get into the music industry, there weren't very many outlets for you know, uh, when I, I mean, when I was in high school, there weren't very many outlets. And then that even on into adulthood, you know, getting into the music industry is not an easy thing, you know. Um, I have to accredit my mom always for, uh, you know, even instilling in me the, the passion to write. You know, when my dad, my dad, uh, uh, my dad took off relatively early in my life. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't there for the majority of, the, of my upbringing, you know. And because of that, there was a lot, I had a lot of pent-up aggravation inside of me. You know, um, so my mom saw that I, I absolutely needed an outlet for all of this this negative energy. So she gave me the pen and the pad, and she told me to write it down. Um, we uh, we at the Compound Foundation, uh, we decided that well, there's, there's one there's one group. We've done it in, in one place so far. Uh, I built a recording studio in uh, a group home where a, a foundation company by the name of Chris Kids built the studio in the found in the uh, the group home. You know, basically doing for them what my mom did for me, giving them an outlet for, you know, whatever whatever's going on with them, you know, be it negative, positive, or otherwise. You know, just this is an outlet to get it off your chest. This is a way to, this is a productive way to take that, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling and turn it into something as opposed to letting that energy become something truly negative like hurting another person or, or getting in the streets or whatever, you know. So, and that's, that's, that's just, again, that's just one of the, one of the things that we, that we, that we strive to do. You know, I again had an opportunity to to witness the ribbon cutting ceremony there at Chris Kids and the recording studio. Um, you know, you seeing the the joy on those kids' faces um, as you appeared and listened to the music that they had begun creating and using that studio for. There was a lot of talent there. Um, with that music creation, just like we witnessed during the Future CEO Academy, a lot of talent in um, all of us, but especially I think in the children 
that are in the foster care system that we often are unaware of. You know, a lot of skill and a lot of talent. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I mean, it, it speaks to, to, you know, our communities and just just who we are as people that, you, I was like I was telling I was telling some of the kids at the uh, I mean at, at the um, at, at the uh, please turn that off. Yeah, I was I was telling some of the kids at at the at the uh, the event that we did that who you are has who you are is basically the reason that that you that you don't get the chances you know because you have you have the stamp of of the group home kid. Or a foster kid, so you be they're basically they're basically counting you out before you even start. They go, oh well, he's from a foster home. Oh, he might be trouble. Oh, he grew up in a group home. Oh, that might be an issue. You know, before they even before they even give you the opportunity to show them what you can do, who you are, what you're about, you're automatically being judged off of circumstances that you probably didn't even have any control over, and that's not fair. You know what I mean? I, I don't feel like that's fair at all. So you're right. There's a lot of talent, a lot of untapped talent. In these foster, in these foster homes, in these group homes, that people are just overlooking because of circumstance, and I, that's that's just not right. What advice do you give to um, to the kids as they enter the future CEO academy? What what's what's the opening message, and what's the takeaway that you want them to leave with at the end of the week? At the end of the week, I need these kids to know and understand, again, I, I said it earlier, that who you are, where you come from, where you grew up, has absolutely nothing to do with who you become and where you go. It has nothing to do with it. As long as there are people on this planet that give even a little bit of a damn and you have the, and you have the drive to do something with your life, to not let your circumstance be an excuse, you can do literally anything. A lot of the pe- a lot of the people that we have come in, you know, when we're doing when we're doing the um, the uh, the entrepreneur entrepreneur program, a lot of the people that we have come in, we try to find uh, business owners that were in foster care, that were foster kids, that did grow up in group homes, to show them it's like this guy. There you go. There's walking, talking, living, breathing proof that where you come from has nothing to do, has who absolutely are, nothing to do with where you go. Who are some of the people that you brought in that exemplify that, Neil? Um, oh man, you 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 want you're trying to give me the third names right now? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm so, okay. I'm, I'm the worst with names. I'm um, okay. a lot. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you had um, Tony there. You know, designer. He was extremely passionate and excited and um, believed so much and so deeply. You know, and he's a prominent designer. You know, that spent Absolutely. a lot of time. Tony was responsible for for Emiche and uh, and a couple other brands that you know that that definitely made a mark. In regard to in regard to the, the world of fashion, and yes, he was in fact a foster home kid. He he grew up in foster care for you know a lot a lot of his teenage years, you know, in group homes and whatnot. But he was one of those people that did not let that be an excuse. Yeah, you also had Lucas Riggins there, 100 urban entrepreneurs. Absolutely, know. absolutely. Um, Lucas Lucas is the one that uh that put forth the uh, the ten thousand dollar grant for the child that, that came with the best idea. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's he too again was somebody that grew up in foster care group homes and so on and so forth. And now this man is is you know the CEO of a company that's worth millions of dollars. It does not it it does not have to be a stopping block. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of times these kids don't under, don't understand, or not that they don't understand. It's just 
there's nobody around to tell them. There's nobody around to, to instill that in them, you know, that, that this is not the end all for you. This has nothing to do with it. It's all it's all up to you. You know what else I noticed? You had individuals there that represented corporations. You know, Porsche was there and, you know, their public relations, you know, the, the top-level global staff, you know, coming and spending a full day to um, help the kids develop their business plans, to help be a part of giving them feedback on the panel that they, the day that they presented their um, elevator pitches. You had Brian um, Reynolds there, started his company just a few short years ago with nothing, now a billion-dollar investment banker. You know, just a really wide range of incredible resources that um, could show and provide a voice to all of the kids and their chaperones that there is no limit to what they're able to accomplish and not to give up on themselves. You know, it was just very impressive. Um, Absolutely. Por- uh, Portia especially has been uh, super instrumental in, in helping us out a lot, man. I, like, I have to I have to take my hat off to those guys over there. You know, they there, there are a lot of people in the world of philanthropy that, you know, that do a lot of talking. And you come across a lot of people that do a lot of talking, and, and they got their game down. You know, they, they know exactly what to say. To make you feel like you know they're they're serious and as passionate about your cause as you are, but then when it all comes down to it, you know these people are nowhere to be found. You know the funds that they promised didn't show up, or whatever the case may be. Or they have something that something else that they had to do, they couldn't make it. It's always something. You know I gotta say that the, the people that have you know stepped up to the plate, you know, be it Porsche, Coca Cola, you know, just to name a few. These are people that you know these are multi million billion dollar companies that are taking time out of their ridiculously busy schedules to come to come and make sure that these kids are inspired and, and, and understand that there's somebody around that does give a damn enough to, to let to teach them what it is that they need to know. You know, so my head definitely goes off to those people. This is incredible. Um provide some feedback. Um one of the other to the actual presentations that day. One of the things that I that stood out in my mind, one of the moments that stood out in my mind, Neil, was uh, one of the young men came up to, you know, give his 60-second, you know, elevator pitch, and it was clear that he had not properly prepared, you know, versus another young man that came up. You could tell he, he prepared, but then he just froze, you know, because public speaking is not easy for everyone. And yeah. the young man that came up and it was not prepared, um, you did not give him the you didn't just you didn't coddle him and let him think that he could come to an experience like that and walk away thinking everything was just all fine. Share with oh, the no, audience no. some of the yeah, share with the audience some of the words of wisdom that you shared with that man, young man that day. Well well basically here's here's the reality of life, okay? There are not very many people on this planet that are going to give you anything. Okay? And that's no, not that's regardless of who you are or where you come from, you know. And especially in the case of you being a foster kid, you being a group home kid, like I said earlier, you're already being counted out. They've already made up their mind about who you are and they don't want to have anything to do with it. So it, you know, so the unfortunate thing is you gotta work that much harder than maybe a kid that grew up in a house with his actual mom or, or with both parents or whatever the case. You have to work that much harder. This I, I cannot when that when that kid got up there and, you know, it was clear to me and everybody in the room that 
he wasn't prepared for the task. He didn't he didn't he didn't come with anything that he should have came with. And it upset me. It not not so much upset me but it bothered me. It's like how do you not see the opportunity that's being placed in front of you? Like like how can we how can we care if you don't? You know? And that's what it comes down to with, with you know, with these kids and honestly with anybody. There's only so much that the that people are gonna do for you. You've got to make the decision yourself, okay? I'm not gonna let my circumstance stop me from getting to where I know I can go. I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to understand that opportunities like this do not come around often, especially for me, and I'm going to take advantage. That's something that you have to do for yourself. We can't make you take advantage of an opportunity. You've got to, you've got to want it for yourself. And, you know, so it, it bothered me a little bit. And I wasn't trying to be mean to him or anything like that. I just needed him to understand that the love that was in that room is not in the world. You know, it's, it's not. Or there are very few places where you'll find it. You know, in the in the real world, they're not they're, they're not sympathizing with the fact that you grew up in a group home. They're using that against you. You know what I mean? So so yes. it's, yeah, it bothered me a little bit. I understand. Were there any other moments um, throughout the week that stood out in your mind where there were some learning opportunities that you could share with others who are listening that might be in a group home or any life experience right now? Well, I mean, um, there was there was a couple. For one, the the this is the second year that we've done our, our entrepreneurial program and, uh, you know, the, the elevator pitch uh, competition. And I got to say the, the improvement from Hi, are you back? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm in a moving vehicle at the okay. moment. Okay. I understand. We're still here for you. We're almost done. I appreciate so much you're taking the time to inspire others around the philanthropy that you're doing. Our guest today on Sylvia Global is just incredibly talented, but even deeper and more significant is an incredibly generous man, um, entertainer and songwriter, producer, actor, Neo. We're talking about his philanthropy today and why it's important, who benefits from it, and who supports and works with him. And also we'll come back at a later date and talk about how the audience can support what the Compound Foundation is doing. You were saying that this is the second year of doing the, the you know, the CEO. The entrepreneurial program, yes. Yeah. The future CEO program. Yeah, yeah. and um, and as, as, I, as I was saying, uh, it, it really, really made me proud to see how serious the kids took it this time around. Not that they weren't taking it serious the first year, but, you know, a, a lot of times a lot of the kids let, you know, nerves and fear stand in the way, you know. So we, we, made, it, we made it a point this time around to let it be known to these kids that, listen, fear is common, it's natural, everybody is afraid, it, it's something that is going to be there, but at the end of the day it's something that you have to get over, it's something that you have to – 
that you have to let roll off your back because you can't let it stand in the way of your future. If you if you do nothing, it absolutely will. You know, so I, I'm just I'm just happy that I'm just happy to to, to see the progress to see the progress. You know, because it's one thing to to say that you want to do something, to say that you want to help, but then it's another thing to you know to get a letter from a kid that you helped and telling you that you know he just enrolled in college or whatever the case may be. Like these these are some of the things that have happened with some of the kids that we've helped, and it just it just makes it all worthwhile. Do you plan to take the program or the recording studio model to other cities? Right now, you're doing you've launched both in Atlanta. Oh yeah, absolutely. We absolutely plan on moving it around. Only thing is, again, um, this is a very large problem that's not going to go away overnight, and it's not going to be cheap. You know, the reality of it is, it costs money. It, it costs some serious money to make these kind of things happen. You know, so which which is again why I have to I have to again, you know, give the utmost respect and appreciation to, you know, the people that have that have gone out of their way and gone above and beyond the call of duty to really help us out, you know, in regard to financial and uh, volunteering time and all of that. All of these things are what you know, are what what make up your ammo. You know, these these are the these are the necessary things to get these to get this problem solved. We're looking forward to working with you and allowing our audience um, to become philanthropists at their level, any level that they um, can contribute to the Compound Foundation in the future. Coming up very soon, we're working through that and being able to support the work that you're doing. Do you envision the recording studio model being in every foster home in different regions of the United States or just um, looking at specific areas where your tours might be coming up? Well, no, no. We want to we want to put it in the areas that it's needed. You know, we want to we want to take it to the group homes where, for one, where we feel like it's going to be put to good use, and for two, where we feel like it's absolutely needed. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I, I don't feel like we're we're not going to discriminate on who gets it and who doesn't. You know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the, the ones that the ones that need it. That's that's who that's who's going to get it. You know, and again. With with the funding that comes in from the different the different uh, companies or or just regular people that choose to help, you know that's exactly where it goes to. I um again we're we're still relative we're a relatively small foundation you know we haven't been around that long, but ask anybody about the Compound Foundation and they will tell you that we don't just talk the talk we walk the walk. You know you're not going to give us something and then wonder where it went. You know you're going to see it. You're going to see you're you're going to see what it is you gave us working for the cause that we told you that it's for. You know. It's wonderful. Neil, thank you so much for being here today on Sylvia Global. This broadcast can be found on sylviaglobal.com, also on iTunes as a podcast. Follow um, follow Neil, the Compound Foundation, and Sylvia Global on Twitter, and like all of it on Facebook. Thank you so much for being here today. appreciate it and look forward to supporting you and working with you closely in um, reaching and changing lives um, for all children but especially those there in the found um, the foster care system and the work that the um, Compound Foundation is doing, Neil. Thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.